I am fantasy and paranormal romance author Leslie Penelope, and welcome to My Imaginary Friends, a look behind the scenes of an author mapping the worlds in my head and making them a reality. Hello friends, today is Sunday, November 5th, 2023, and this is episode 225 of My Imaginary Friends. I'm Leslie. As a reminder, you can sign up for the Footnotes newsletter, which includes the show notes for each episode, and you can get them in your inbox, as well as inspiration, strategies, and ideas to help you grow as a writer. That's at myimaginaryfriends.net slash footnotes. When you sign up, you can also choose to become an imaginary best friend for a few dollars a month and get access to the premium posts, which are long-form craft essays, as well as discounts on my courses and my coaching. And I have a few slides available for one-on-one mentorships. So um, if you're interested in that, you can go to myimaginaryfriends.net slash coaching. And yeah, join me there. So this week's best thing, my friend Ines Johnson and I, my very dear friend, we started a new podcast. It launches in a couple of weeks, but the intro episode is out now, and I will actually include it at the end of this episode. But you can subscribe to the new podcast, which is called Ink and Magic. And it's a podcast where we're going to be starting out rereading Nalini Singh's Side Changeling series, which is a paranormal romance series that is still going on. They're in season two now. It's like, I don't know, 20 books, maybe Uh, somewhere between 15 and 25 books. And this was really for me, it was how I got into romance. I started reading Side Changeling and I started reading Cressley Cole's Immortals After Dark series. Those were really the first romances that I read. And I talk about it in the intro episode about how kind of Twilight led me there. Um, I'd always been a reader, but I had not really been into romance like that. And so it's actually one of the reasons why I'm why I write in the genre, why I love the genre. We'll be interspersing the rereads and the book chats with talks about different craft topics, and we'll be having some special guests. So I'm really excited to have a podcast where I talk to someone else. And if you're not aware, Inez Johnson is a fabulous author. She has many pen names, and we were college roommates. We met freshman year at Howard University. Senior year, we were roommates and the Towers, if you're familiar. And we were in the Annenberg Honors Program at the School of Communications together. So I've known her over half my life. She was in the TV program. I was in the film program. We get into all of that in the uh, in the intro. It's great to be able to talk to someone I have such a rapport with and I respect as a storyteller, as an author. The way she thinks about structure is different to me, but similar. There's overlapping elements, but there's, you know, each of us have our different styles and she has a completely different business than I do, a completely different business model. She's completely indie, although she does have a like small press traditional publisher now. And yeah, it, it's going to be a lot of fun talking books with her, talking to other authors with her, talking about craft. And so the idea is the podcast is for readers and writers. You can read along. We'll be doing side changeling every other week. The schedule is posted on the inkandmagic.net website. But November 17th, 2023 is book one, Slave to Sensation. And then two weeks after that, we're doing book two. And so the idea is every other week, we will do a book themed episode and then intersperse it with either craft or author chats. We've got several in the can as I record this right now. Still a couple of weeks before we officially launch. If you are at all interested in that, uh, I encourage you to subscribe now and join us on this brand new journey. The other best thing that happened this week is that I attended this workshop by Jane Friedman, who is a longtime publishing professional. I have subscribed to her various newsletters. She has her free newsletter, her paid newsletter called The Hot Sheet, which I think is a must read if you're in the publishing industry. Um, 
And anyway, she was doing this author platform workshop, which I attended because I, I feel like I went because my platform, while I think it's solid, I think that I'm doing a lot. And of course, I just added a new podcast, of course. But I was looking for ways to streamline and ways to make sure that what I'm doing is aligned with my goals and is actually benefiting me and looking for things to trim and cut back on while I enjoy doing a lot. I got a lot of great information from the workshop. Um, She started out talking about what is an author platform. And a lot of times we think of it as just our website and our social media. But her definition was, your platform is your ability to sell books or make money because of who you are and your following. And it includes many more things than just your online presence, which was really like eye-opening for me to think about it in that way. And I'm really glad I went because I got a ton of ideas. I took a bunch of notes just about how to leverage things, relationships, um, things I'm already doing, people that I already know, and really try to think about that strategically. And so, yeah, I had a lot of insights and hopefully I'll just have be able to take the time and organize my thoughts and put it into practice in a meaningful way. That's always the challenge. So my writing update. It is November 5th. It's NaNoWriMo, and I am participating this year. I have a brand new story that I'm really excited about. So I was doing these live uh, YouTube Preptober videos all in October. You can go back and check out the playlist if you would like to see those. Just leading people through my process for planning for a new book. And now it's time to write. So as of now, I have 9,608 words. My progress is 19%. So I'm a little ahead of where I need to be. Um, And the other really interesting thing about this is that I've been dictating this book. So I've been working really hard on revising Brutal Fortress. I'm actually doing two things at the same time. Brutal Fortress book three of the Bliss Wars trilogy. And so that's taking, you know, two to three hours a day and other work. I just had a flare up of my ulnar nerve issue, which is the cubital tunnel. This makes my pinky and my half of my ring finger go numb, which makes it difficult to type and uncomfortable. And so knowing that that's an issue that I'm still dealing with. I was like, how am I going to work on two books at once? Is that going to be a bad idea? Should I just give it up? Should I just have to like accept that I can't do as much work as I want to do because of various physical limitations? But I had been doing a little bit of dictation with new ideas and first drafts over the past couple of months. And I think I've gotten to a good place. So I started out on day one of Nano, actually typing on my Freewrite Traveler, which is still my my go to for first drafts. But I was feeling I was feeling some tingling and some numbness, and so I was like, "Well, let me go and switch to dictation." And I dictate in Microsoft Word. It has a pretty decent recognition of my voice and the words that I'm saying. And even though this is a fantasy story, which can be very difficult with you know names and everything, and it's having trouble with some of my just people names, regular people names, but that's easy enough to to either say a different name and then do a search and replace or just keep my eye on it. And it's working really well. Like I've had a real problem dictating fiction. I've dictated nonfiction for a long time. Whenever I write an essay, um, the articles, the column that I had in Galaxy's Edge, which is now what you get in if you are a premium subscriber to the Footnotes newsletter, I dictated all of those. If I have to do a guest essay, essay I dictate the first draft and then um, revise it from there. And it's been a really great way to get those things done. 
Perfection, it just, it felt weird. If you've ever tried it, you might understand that somehow, at least for me, I've developed this brain to finger connection since I learned to type, which was as a small child. And I've always typed my stories. I type my stories on a typewriter before computers were a thing. And then on the computer in, in WordPerfect and then Word and Scrivener. And so that is how I've always done it. And that's the way that the conduit runs creatively to my typing. When I first started dictating several years ago, it just felt awful. It felt weird. I was stumbling a lot. I didn't, for some reason, the same brain that is able to have the words come out with typing, when you speak it, it just feels bad. But like I said, I've been like experimenting a little bit with like, when I'm revising, if I have a a new few paragraphs, I would dictate them out of necessity sometimes because of my uh, wrists and my um, nerve stuff. And so far, I've done it for four days in a row as of now. It's gone really well. I dictated. So the first day I half typed, half dictated. The second day I typed a few sentences and dictated. And then the third and fourth day, it's all dictation. And what I've been doing is actually trying to say, either saying the punctuation, which can be weird and it takes you out of the story a bit, but you get used to it as you do it more and more. I'm finding that saying things like period, close quote, new line, open quote, is not as distracting. It kind of just, you know, you just go with it. But sometimes I'll just, you know, have my fingers on the keyboard and just type the punctuation as I'm talking. There is a delay in terms of the Microsoft Word when I'm speaking and when it figures out what I've said. Like it'll be gray for a while and then it chugs along and figures it out. So sometimes typing doesn't work and I'm I'm trying to do more of just speaking the punctuation and getting used to that. Capitalization is an issue and other kinds of punctuation are still an issue. But I found that if I run my scenes through ChatGPT, specifically giving it the prompt to clean up the punctuation and capitalization of this dictated text, that's the prompt, then put a colon and paste the text in. And you have to do smaller chunks, like I do maybe twelve to 1500 words at a time, I think it can handle. It does a great job. If you just say clean up this text, it will try to rewrite things and rephrase things, and that's not what I want. But if you specifically ask it to clean up just the punctuation and capitalization, it does it, and it does a really good job, and it doesn't change any of my words. And so that's been my process. I will do that. Sometimes I'll just run it through words, grammar checker, and spell checkered, and it will do the same thing, but it just takes longer. So I can just run it through ChatGPT quickly, um, paste it back into Scrivener. So I, I dictate in Word, run it through ChatGPT, and it ends up in Scrivener. So I can keep my process of Scrivener and have all the, the scenes individually. And um, yeah, I'm really liking that. Uh, I plan to continue and I will keep you updated about if it still works out. But four days in a row, it's been great. It's really good to be able to learn to use the sort of adaptive tools and find a way that works for me. And I'm I'm dictating fast. You know, there was that whole, was it 10,000 words an hour with dictation or something? There's a book that came out a few years ago. That's when everyone tried to start dictating. I mean, I'm not anywhere close to that, but I will get my 1,600 words in like 20 minutes dictating, which I can do typing as well. Like the first time I was typing, uh, I, I got, you know, the day's word count in the first sprint, in the first 30-minute sprint, but I was feeling it. And if I'm doing two sprints and trying to get over then dictating is actually at least just as fast as I am typing when I'm in flow state. You know, now 
getting 1600 words or 2000 words in a half an hour only happens in flow state. And I only outlined the first like six or seven scenes of this book. So today's goal is to write, I think I'm on the last outlined scene, the last scene that's in my plotter outline. And then I have to do another sprint of plotting and just get the scenes because it's not going to work well if I don't know what I'm writing. I have the the overall structure and which I did during the Preptober um, workshops. I just didn't take the time to actually go through and plot out the entire book like I normally do. And I think it's fine. I mean, I'm trying not to stress too much. You know, NaNoWriMo is supposed to be fun or or is it? That's the question. I do see people stressing out about it too much and you know, if you don't win, it's fine. We've all lost. I've lost. I've won. And then the next year lost before because either poor planning or just, you know, life getting in the way or time. So hopefully anyone listening to this who is doing NaNoWriMo and is excited about it, if you fall off the wagon, if you don't get the 1,667 words on one day and you're already behind on day five, which many people will be, it's okay. It shouldn't be a cause of additional stress in your life. It should just be a fun challenge to get you writing every day, get the habit built, you know, that 21 days, if you can do it, you know, as for 21 days out of 30, even you'll be ahead of the game. So I hope that for everyone, I'm hoping to just get this first draft of this book in good shape by the end of the month and then take off December I will be doing a revision course in January and so revising in January. And then who knows what's happening with this book. I think I want this to be traditionally published, even though it is sort of a, it's like a contemporary-ish fantasy romance with paranormal elements. (laughs) But I do have cops and I think that it would fit well in the marketplace traditionally. But I think I could also self-publish it. So I have flexibility there. There's just a lot of career things to think about. I have career-wise, you know, book two with my Orbit contract, Daughter of the Merciful Deep comes out next summer. And then they have an option on my next work of adult fantasy. So I will be pitching them something else, not this book. Um, Probably, probably not this book. Just because I don't know that it fits with, you know, the first two that they've done um, with Orbit. I would like to keep my orbit books in a similar vein. And um, I have ideas about, you know, where this book could fit also. I do have, I do know what I want to pitch them. And I just don't know when I'm going to write that proposal. Uh, So yeah, lots of things to think about scheduling. But right now, I'm only doing Brutal Fortress and this book, which is called, at the moment, Astor Gregory and the Optimism of Omens. And I made a really cute cover that I'm very proud of in Canva to inspire me. Uh, I'll link to it in the show notes if anyone is interested in in looking at it. And I did the cover because as I was planning this book, you know, there were things like I wanted it to be a cozy fantasy romance. Uh, I was thinking like the comp, one of the comps I'm thinking of is uh, Megan Bannon's The Undertaking of Heart and Mercy, which I just adored. I love that book so much. And so, but my planning was veering off into much more like traditional high stakes life and death fantasy. And I was like, no, I need something lighter. I want like the trappings of that. Like it's about these warriors who are fighting demons, but I don't want like 
blood and battle on the page. I want it to be cozy, which means lower stakes. And so another comp is um, Sangumandana's The Irregular Society of Witches. Oh, what is the name of that book? The Very Secret Society of Irregular Witches, which again, I adored. And she has another one coming out. And so does Megan Bannon. And I'm really excited for those books. And that's why I think that it could be traditionally traditionally published. I think there's market space for this kind of book if I can pull it off. It is not my usual style. And I was kind of battling against myself as I was saying, like, my style is, okay, we have supernatural warriors fighting demons. There's going to be battle. But I don't even like writing battles, you know? When I did Song of Blood and Stone, my brother, who was my first reader, was like, you know, the battle at the end really could use some beefing up. And I'm like, I'm not really interested in battles. <laughs> and so I'm trying to pull all the different parts of myself together and figure figure that out. Because I do think I have a style. I think I have an author voice. But I think it is expansive. And I would like to explore the edges of it. Like, it's still a Leslie book. And it's still going to have all of the Leslie things in it but also do something a little different. Like I said, lighter, a little fluffier. We'll see. It's still an experiment. But so far, I think I've been doing a good job. It's actually kind of funny. I do not want to commit to writing a rom-com because I do not believe that I am naturally funny. But I think that this book is lighthearted and there's humor in it. And that is why I made sort of a lighthearted cover to match other things in the market to remind me of what I'm doing and to inspire me and to keep me focused on the, the, the subgenre, the tropes that I'm working with, the comps, where I want this to fit, and to hopefully write it with that in mind while telling the story that I want to tell. That is the goal. So those are my big projects, working on the two books at once. It has been working for the past couple of days. Uh, although Friday I only worked on the nano project, but then Saturday, yesterday, I went back and finished my work for the week. I'm doing five chapters a week for Brutal Fortress. And then, you know, at least a scene a day, at least the 1600, 67 words a day for nano for the Astro Gregory book. One in the morning, one in the evening. I'm doing live write-ins on YouTube Mondays and most Wednesdays. I did realize I have a conflict on one of the Wednesdays, so I will have to update the schedule. But twice a week, live write-ins, um, writing sprints. And the first one went really well last week. So as the day that this releases, there was one this evening at 7 p.m. Eastern, if you're listening in real time. And uh, you can check the the schedule at myimaginaryfriends.net slash nano. And if you are interested in joining in on the write-ins, there's um, a sign-up so you can get email notifications about when they're happening. And yeah, it's been fun. It's been fun being in community and... Uh, you know, keeping track of pe- the people who are showing up for the Preptober and the write-ins and cheering them on virtually and having, you know, people kind of coming together. That's always nice. And I'm trying to do more community things like that. The other thing I realized this week is that I want to be writing more poetry. <laughs> I've been trying to write poetry. Poetry always helped me through difficult times. You know, it's as a kid, as a young adult, and then I stopped writing it. Maybe Probably when I started writing novels, I wasn't writing as much poetry. I wrote a lot of poetry just in my journals into my early, early thirties. And, um, so yeah, it's been like almost 15 years. And so I sat down. I was just feeling a lot of emotions. I'm going through a lot right now, as you might know. And I can't write poetry anymore. I mean, it's just, it's just sludge. It is horrific. Like people talk about bad poetry. And I was explaining this to some people this week. 
I always loved my poetry. Like other people might not have liked it. I didn't really show it to many people. I entered a few contests in college and stuff, but I never won anything. I was never known for my poetry in the way that I was always like a writer, like a fiction writer. But it always brought me a lot of comfort and joy. And I go back to my old poems and I still love them. I think they're great. And now when I write poetry, I do not think it's great. So I'm struggling with that because it, it was the way that I really expressed emotion in a way that is just easier than in fiction. You know, it's just, it's encapsulated in a small package with carefully chosen words that are just coming straight from your heart. And I think I just need to do it more. Like I want to try to do some kind of like, try to write a poem a day, or I've been thinking of taking a poetry class just to get me, get my juices flowing again, get me to the point where I at least like my poetry and I feel like it's doing the work of helping me process emotion. So that is a thing that has been a struggle lately. And I was also thinking about dancing. I think I want to take a dance class too. I've been hearing a lot about processing your emotion in your body and not in your head. And I'm a very head-centered person. You know, my top strengths are almost all thinking strengths. And that has its place, but also moving around more. I mean, I am working out a lot more. I'm working out two or three times a week, which is more than I have been. I'm still not climbing and that might help too, but I'm not sure if I'm ready for that. Uh, so yeah, I just, I think I need to write poetry and move my body more with music in a dance-like way. <laughs> and I can just dance at home, but I'm in an apartment now and I feel bad. Like, can I be stomping around on the floor? There's someone under me and I don't know how much they can hear. So it makes me a little like self-conscious to just dance in my apartment. Maybe I'm overthinking it. I'm not entirely sure if there's anyone living above me. I know it was empty when I moved in. And if there is someone there, then they're very quiet. So maybe I don't have anything to worry about. I'm just still not sure. Anyway, these are some things creatively, um, energetically that I am working with and thinking about. And for NaNoWriMo, I am doing daily tips on YouTube shorts for how to open NaNoWriMo. That's been going well. I'm batching them. So, and I'm remembering to post them because I set an alarm on my phone every morning to post. I'm sure there is some kind of way to schedule YouTube shorts. I have not figured it out yet. But when I do it on my phone, it's just like, post now. So I'm like, okay, I'll just do it every morning, try to do it around 8, 8.15. And I'm at least having fun. They're, they're getting views. So hopefully they're helping someone. And yeah, that's it for me for this week. My goals for the coming week, keep doing what I'm doing. Um, keep at this morning and evening writing sessions, working on the two books. So far, so good. The dictating keep doing that. It's working. I'm, I'm pleased with that. And I'm actually pleased with the story. The other thing about the dictating is that it's cleaner than my normal first drafts. Maybe because I'm running it through chat GPT to actually clean up the um, punctuation, but it just feels like these are actual sentences and complete thoughts. And maybe because of the preparation or the idea, this is a book that is not a brand new book. This is a book that I worked with years ago changed completely in many ways, but is kind of the same story. And I, I wrote a draft of it six or seven years ago, probably. And that could be, it just had time to gel far on the back burner. Uh, and it's just coming out so clean and so smooth. And that's something I probably need to talk about more because uh, I was talking about it with a friend. Books that have time to cook, even if I'm not consciously thinking about them, they've been in my mind for years. <sighs> Savage City was like that. And I, 
did that come out easily? I don't know. Maybe this is a theory that needs some investigation. The book that I want to pitch for Orbit for my option book is like this. It's a book that I did a draft of years ago. What was I doing all those years ago? I was writing all of these things and never saw the light of day because I was doing Ursinger Chronicles for like four or five years, right? But in between, I was doing other things that just... I have these drafts. And uh, again, I'm not looking at the drafts. I'm rebuilding the concept from the ground up. But these characters, this story, when they've been with me for a long time, even like, not even the back burner, they've been in the back closet. I think when it's time, when it's when they're ready, they come out easily. This is the theory. So anyway, this book, this nano book is coming out so far easily. And I'm, I'm not knock on wood that it continues. It's so nice when a book comes out easy. You know, Daughter of the Merciful Deep did not come out easy. It was very, very difficult. You know, two big rewrites in the editing process. And I, I don't believe we deserve things, but I'm very grateful that after that experience to have something more come more easily. And I'm just going to ride the wave and and express gratitude for it for as long as it lasts. And I hope that you have a wonderful week and I will talk to you the next time. Welcome to Ink and Magic, a podcast where we read and discuss the writing craft, world building, and romance of paranormal and fantasy novels. If you love books with bite, set in worlds of magic and mayhem, then you're in the right place. My name's Nikisha Shanae. I go by an S. And I'm Leslie. I write as L. Penelope. And welcome to the show. So what is this podcast? Why are we doing this? That's a great um, question, Leslie. <laughs> Why are we doing this? Well, the idea is to, you know, read paranormal romance and fantasy romance novels that are meaningful to us, that have, you know, become part of the reason why we write in this genre. Why are we romance authors in the first place? And one of the answers for me is Nalini Singh's Side Changeling series, which is going to be what we start out with. And even before... um our love of paranormal romance author, Leslie and I, we were both classmates in college as well as roommates, and we had a love of film. So our love of story goes back really deep, really far. And we didn't always like necessarily the most commercial <laughs> of films. That's not like popular when you're in film school and when you're <laughs> studying television and film this production. Is, this is true. But Leslie and I found each other again, not that we actually really lost touch, but we really, we, we bonded again um, through story as we did in college. But this time the stories, they had bite, they had teeth, they, they, they had spice, they had steam, they had spice. <laughs> and yeah, one of the things, one of the series that we read together um, over the years was Nalini Singh. The Psy Changeling series, I, I gravitated towards those more than I gravitated. I wasn't really into contemporary romance. But give me a little bit of the magic. Give me a little bit of the fantastical. And I was there. Hi, I'm Ines, by the way. Um, and I write um, paranormal romance as well as contemporary romance. But it either has to be steamy or there has to be some type of magical or mythical element to it. Yeah, and I'm Leslie, and I write fantasy romance and paranormal romance, along with historical fantasy with love stories in it. And I'm always attracted to something magical, mysterious. I tried to write contemporary, but the angels and demons showed up. So I figured that really wasn't my path. Um, and, you know, just like Inez, the Nalini Singh's series was one of the first that I read. So I, I kind of started getting into... I don't know if you consider Twilight romance, but 
Yes. <laughs> like, you know, you think of it as YA, but it is romance, but it takes a long time. It's YA obsessive love, the kind that we want when we are that young and don't know better. And I read it in my late 20s, so Same. I wasn't that young, but I still <laughs> related to it, connecting to like back when I had been that young and felt those feelings so intensely. And then, you know, like a lot of people who are adults and read Twilight, you're like, what else can I read but make it spicier? And that brought me to Nalini Singh. It brought me to Crossley Cole and to other paranormal romance and some urban fantasy and then other kinds of romance. I read all across the romance spectrum now. But in terms of writing, I think my first love is still something with magic, something with creatures, something with other abilities and powers. Agreed. And it's really funny that uh, Leslie and I were both in film school. Leslie was in film school. I was in film school for a semester before coming to my <laughs> senses and changing to television where I belonged. But we still had a lot of the same classes. And the thing that <laughs> when we're talking to each other and, and it's not just the two of us and there's other authors or readers in the room with us and we start to talk about books, we started to see, you know, we're talking about books in a different way. <laughs> it wasn't just, so I like the character. We started to talk about, well, I loved that he was a, a, um, a, a false narrator that mm. became interesting to me, or I loved how he was morally gray or how he was an anti-hero. We started to talk about the structure and the fun and games of things. And we, and people would look at us like, <laughs> what are you two going on and on about? And I realized that, you know, when you come from film and television, there's a structure because there's a time crunch that we have to deal with. But a lot of these story elements, near all of them, are in novels. And I really want, both of us, we really wanted to start having discussions with other people who could speak this language. Right. And that's one of the reasons that we are here on this podcast. And one of the reasons we think that you should listen and that, and that you'll enjoy it, whether you are a reader or a writer, I think there's something to be gained from our perspective on the structure, breaking down, you know, craft. So how we're going to how we're going to work this podcast is we'll be going through the side changing series by Nalini Singh, starting out with that. It's a nice meaty series. It'll take us a while to get through. And we'll intersperse those book discussion episodes with episodes on craft. And also we'll have some special guests showing up from time to time too, to talk about their work and it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm super excited about it. It's absolutely going to be a lot of fun. So if you're an author, you're going to get a lot of craft talk. But if you're a reader, this is going to be a book club for you. And we're going to, again, we're going to talk about if paranormal and fantasy is your jam. That's our jam too. And that's going to be our primary focus here. So you get to indulge in some nerdy talk about books. And of course, we're going to talk about how hot and how steamy the guys <laughs> are. Of course. Of course. Yeah. You can't talk about PNR without that. So yeah, we hope that you will join us. Um, look for the first full episode dropping soon and make sure you subscribe so you don't miss anything. We'll see you soon, guys. For episode show notes and to sign up for the Footnotes newsletter and get the show notes in your inbox, go to myimaginaryfriends.net. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and watch the video episodes on YouTube. You can email me at podcast at lpenelope.com. And I would really appreciate a rating or review to help support the show. My Imaginary Friends is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. For more fantastic podcasts, go to frolic.media slash podcast.